Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Just a quick heads up to listeners. This episode does feature the use of the N-word. I'm Rebecca Carroll, and this is Come Through, 15 essential conversations about race in a pivotal year for America. Last fall, I recorded an interview with the author Walter Mosley that really crystallized for me why I wanted to make this podcast. Because when we're addressing issues of race, there's a ton of nuance in play, and I want to interrogate that all the time. This episode is that conversation. Here's the backstory. In September, Mosley wrote an op-ed for The New York Times called Why I Quit the Writer's Room. And in that piece, he tells the story of an interaction he had while he was on the writing staff of the TV show Star Trek Discovery. During a meeting, he shared a very personal story in which he said, and I'm just going to say it here, the word nigger. The word was an integral part of the story. It was the story. But it made someone in the writer's room uncomfortable. And that person reported Mosley to HR. Now, even before I invited Walter Mosley into the studio to do an interview, I knew that I have a very complicated relationship with the N-word. But I didn't realize just how complicated until we started talking, and things got pretty tense. Because I suddenly realized that my feelings about the word have evolved in this really complicated and marked way from when I was a kid growing up in all-white New Hampshire. When I heard it the first time, it was directed at me in its cruelest iteration by other kids. And later, when I was a teenager and was working an after-school job, my boss called me the N-word, too. Being called nigger was a trauma that felt like being yanked out of my parents' arms and dropped into this dark pit, which... I know is really dramatic sounding, but in truth, trauma can really kick your ass. And so when I heard that word, I was forced to just sit alone, knowing the security of my parents wasn't enough. Or worse, that the security of my parents was a lie. This word, it felt, was something that they could never know as white people or protect me from. In retrospect, Clearly, this was connected to my fear of abandonment as an adoptee. When my son was in the third grade, probably about the same age I was when I heard it the first time, he asked me about the word unprompted. We were in the car, and out of nowhere, he asked me, Mom, would it be okay if me and my friend said that word to each other, just between us? He didn't say the actual word, as if he could sense my apprehension around hearing him say it. The truth was then, I didn't know. A few years ago, ta Coates was a guest on the podcast Another Round, and during what the host called the rapid-fire question segment, he was asked about his favorite cuss word. I mean, nigga. Okay, you consider that a cuss word? I think most people do. I mean, the type of thing you don't say in public company. Uh-huh. That's true. But true. nigga is a great word. Um, it's a great word, he said. And he and the hosts, also both black, laughed together and had this moment of shared sacred joy. 
And it was such a pure display of Black community that it made me wish I could feel the same. All this to say that after I read Mosley's op-ed about his experience in the TV writer's room, I really just wanted to talk with him. I wanted to really explore what makes me and others so uncomfortable about the N-word. So you want to hear the story and, and, and then in I want detail? To hear... I, can, I can use the language of my, the story? You can do that. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, years and years and years ago in Los Angeles, I was walking down the street. I was a kid and, and a policeman stopped me. And the policeman said, you know, he searched my pockets. He asked me questions. He searched my pockets again. He asked me more questions. And finally, uh, he said, okay, you can go. And I said, excuse me, officer, may I ask you a question? He said, well, yes, what is that? I said, why did you stop me? I mean, I'm just walking down the street. I mean, I'm not doing anything. He says, look, if I see a nigger in a patty neighborhood, I stop him. And if I see a patty in a nigger neighborhood, I stop him because they're almost always up to no good. I just told that story. Where was this? Uh, it was in a, a writer's room. No, 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 no. I mean, where did this th oh, that Roberts, happen to you? Oh, Robertson Boulevard in Los Angeles. Okay, okay. And so I was telling a story. Next day I get a call and I say, uh, excuse me, Mr. Mosley? And I say, yes. You're Mr. Mosley? I said, yeah. <laughs> he says, well, this is HR and it's been reported that you use the N-word, which I think is worse, uh, in the writer's room. And I, and I said, well, you know, I am the N-word in the writer's room. And they said, you can't use that word. You can't use that language. You could write it in a script if you want, but you can't use the language. You can't say it. And so how did this person <laughs> make that decision that it's okay to write it, but not okay to say it? Well, listen, in all certainty, I can't answer that question. But he has a boss, and they have a boss, and they answer to the people on top. The people on top said, we don't want to get in trouble, you know, if people start to sue us because of uh, an unfriendly work environment. And so these are the rules, and these are the rules that everybody has to follow. Okay. For a moment, let's just look at how that could have created an unfriendly work environment. Did you ever find out who was made uncomfortable? No. And is there any feeling or sense on your part of wanting to know who that person is? Well, I, you know, it's, I'm not dying to do it. I guess I could start asking a lot of people to try to find out. But I don't care, you know, because the problem is not, you know, somebody feels uncomfortable and then they feel, well, when I feel uncomfortable, I can call human resources and human resources can do their McCarthyistic-like thing and say, someone has said they're uncomfortable. And then they said, you know, they don't want you to be in trouble. And I said, but I am in trouble, right? Right. And they went, well... Yeah, I guess if you want to look at it like that. And I said, well, you know, you're threatening my job, right? And they go, well, only if you keep, you know, uh, expressing yourself. It was interesting to me in your piece that you focused or you placed the word more in the context of freedom of speech than on the sort of racial ramifications behind who can and cannot say the word. And well, so let me just yeah. ask the question, is the use of the word, of this word that has been more weaponized than any other racial slur in the history of America constitute freedom of speech for who? Well, look, I, I believe in freedom of speech in America, period. And as I said in my op-ed piece in the, in the Times, New York Times, that people came up to me and they said, uh, will you, you know, sign on to make the Confederate flag illegal? And I said, no, because we have freedom of speech. People can say, you know, what they want to say. They can love the flag. They can hate the flag. I don't like the flag, but 
I'm not going to go tell somebody else that they can't, you know, if they identify with this flag that they can't use it. I mean, you can't put it in, a, you know, in a in a public place if it doesn't belong there. Um, but so, you know, and and people have asked me, I said, well, what if a white person had told that story? I said, well, you know, listen, the white person could tell that story. They said, well, what if you felt uncomfortable? I said, well, you know, feeling uncomfortable is part of free speech. People saying things is part of free speech. Women saying, uh, I have the vote. Uh, uh, people saying, I have the right to same-sex uh, marriage. Uh, anything that you say, you know, might make somebody uncomfortable, might make me uncomfortable. But this would not have happened if you weren't black. No, I think it would have. I think if a white person had said the same story I said and somebody heard it and complained, they would be in the same situation, maybe even worse than me. Provided there would have to have been other black people in the writer's room, right? No, so, I'm not I'm not even certain of that. I think that, that all kinds of people have all kinds of reasons to be uncomfortable. And I'm not trying to define, well, only white people do this and only black people do that. I think that anybody can, can complain, say, I was made uncomfortable when this person used this language. And I think that the, the Human Resources Department, they are, are primed to respond to the complaint, not to the race of the person complaining or the, of the person they're complaining against. I think that it can happen to anyone. And I think it's a problem for everyone. You know? But when is the usage of the N-word? I use the N-word because uh, <laughs> I have you mean only— You say nigga? Uh, <laughs> I was raised by white people, uh-huh. and I was attacked by white peers, and that word was thrown at me in ways where that I, I don't feel like I want to use it. Uh-huh. Okay? So uh-huh. that's, that's where I, I, I'm and at. That's so that, and that's fine. And so that's why I— say but when is it so so i'm asking you when is it used by white people that it's not racism if somebody had told the story i told it wouldn't have been racism they would have said i I had this experience i was with my friend because i've been with friends and the same things have happened white friends and they said and and somebody said it and they said this and they said that if you are uh harassing somebody if you are bullying somebody if you are humiliating somebody any language that you use becomes problematic and there needs to be a discussion however there needs to be a discussion you don't need to be called by big brother on the phone and big brother says if you do this two more times you'll be fired the same person who talked to me said if you use the c word we would fire you like that and i'm like really so if i use the word you have the power to fire me even though I have freedom of speech? And he said, absolutely. What, 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 what? What am I going to say to that? That's wrong. So. It's just, it's just wrong. I mean, I could see, well, if I was attacking somebody, if I was calling somebody a name, if I was doing something, that there would have to be a discussion about it. Because, you know, you have to have a, a work environment that actually works. But the idea that people can start to make, uh, you know, the people who are like way above me, who are like, you know, have all this money, all this power, who are worried about getting sued. They're making decisions. They're not making decisions because they care about the use of the word. Like, for instance, when I said the story, uh, nigger and patty neighborhood, patty and nigger neighborhood, nobody questioned the use of the word patty. Nobody. Right. And, and that's, right, also, that's also a racial slur. Right. It's not as weaponized as... But it doesn't matter. Like, you know, that, Why doesn't that, it matter? Because, all, because it's the language that belongs to us. If we're going to use the language, we're going to complain about the language. Because, you know, there are a lot of Irish people who really feel very insulted by that word and who hate it. Now, you might say, well, it's not weaponized, but they're going to say it is. 
this is very insulting. And and if you look, you know, online, all the people who responded to the thing I wrote, a lot of Irish people saying, well, how come nobody said anything about that word? That word insults me. It asserts my people, my, my history in America. And I'm going, yeah, you're right. It does. And and like, why why didn't anybody say anything about that? Because they because they're not worried about us being sued over that word. That's why. But you said if I were bullying or harassing yeah. or so isn't that subjective? I mean, it, when I hear that word uttered out of a white mouth, I feel harassed. Well, and and that may very well be. But if if the intention of the person saying it was not that, I mean, you have to worry about all of those things. You know, it's like Look, I was I was I once worked in a I was a nighttime custodian. It was like me and like twelve other guys. Eleven of them were young black men under the age of twenty one, and we <laughs> we went to this school, and uh, a white older white woman. I mean, really, she looked ancient to me when I was twenty one, but I think she's probably like sixty. And she she came out and she saw all of these you know powerful young men standing in front of her, and she went. And, she, and she, her face lit up and she said, oh, I'm so happy that you boys have come to help us clean the school. One of our guys from Arkansas, we, it took the other 11 of us to stop him from killing that woman because she used the word to her completely innocently. She's 60. We're 20. She sees us as boys, you know. I mean, that's you know, that's how she saw it. She she had you know, she's not from the south. She had no idea of of of, of the racial intention of, of that word, you know, which is certainly weaponized at at that time. Um, she had no idea. She had no idea. She was so shocked. She was like, "What happened? I don't Why was he that. get? Well, I don't. Well, you know, you don't. I do. I was there. I saw her. I saw them. I saw him in and, the south. And, no, this was in Los Angeles. Okay." You know, no, if she was in the South, yeah, I, yeah, of course. But she, we weren't in the South and she wasn't from the South. But, but, the, but the point was is that it wasn't even what she said. It was how this guy, this guy's whole world could have been destroyed by interpretation he had. There's no moment of him to be able to think about it. He was just like, I'm going to kill this 60-year-old woman. And it's like... And, you know, we stopped him. You know, we held him. I mean, I had an arm. Somebody else had an arm. Somebody was around his torso. I mean, he was a strong guy. Isn't that different from freedom of speech? I mean, the stakes in that story are so high. But she didn't even know it. I mean, what I'm saying is, you know, I live in a country where freedom of speech and the right to pursue happiness are the highest goals of the country. I live among a people who have been in this country since the beginning of this country, you know, uh, leaving out Native Americans. We've been here forever. This is our country. We've helped to define this country. We built this country. And, you know, I'm not going to get mad at somebody and say, well, you got a Confederate flag. I'm glad that I get to see your Confederate flag because I know what you, who you are and what you are. I'm glad to hear you say what you're saying because I know who you are and what you are. And I myself have to say, well, there's some things that I have to, to endure, like my president talking, you know, because, yeah, well, you can say things. The president on down. It doesn't bother me. So my, so my argument was, you know— more to my union, you know, the Writers Guild of America saying, I'm sitting in a room, I get to say what I want to say. Mm-hmm. If indeed I'm in conflict with you and then I call, start calling you names, that's a, that's a different thing. That is a different thing and, we, and that has to be dealt with. And if I continue doing it, they might actually have to say, listen, we can't have you in this room because you're causing too many, you know, problems on purpose. 
But me just telling a story. I just told a story. I didn't expect anybody to get mad. I wasn't expecting somebody to come back and dumb and complain. And by the by, I'm not the only black person in that room. So it could be a black person who complained against me. Okay. It was reported in several cases that you were the only black writer yeah, in I that know. room. But they were wrong. More with author Walter Mosley in just a minute. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote a piece mm-hmm. in The Hollywood Reporter, and he said, um, this story is about scrutinizing inflexible policies for corporate convenience that results in curtailing the creative process and stifling individual speech that is focused on healing, not harming, and our responsibility to protect the difference. I don't disagree with that point, but I also don't think it's that complicated. To me, <laughs> it's about power and deference. So as we have parsed out here, the origin of this word is baked in the origins of this country that we built. Uh-huh. This country, which is profoundly and unilaterally racist. I feel like giving black folks exclusive use of that word is a form of reparations. And that's fine. You know, I mean, I don't agree with you. And, you know, I understand why you're saying it. And and and, and really, I even have sympathy for that stance. But I, I you know, it's like I'm living in a, in a country, you know, and I can say what I want to say in this country. And everybody else can say what they want to say in this country. If indeed that's done on purpose for conflict, no matter what it is, I think that it needs to be questioned. But if somebody says, you know, that, that guy came up and he said, whatever. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, you know, he said that. He said, well, do you like that? I said, well, no, I don't really like it. I don't like it that they said it. And, and that way I don't disagree with you. But I'm going to leave freedom of speech alone. I'm not going to I'm not going to attack it at any point, partially because me attacking free speech is going to bite me on the ass, and I know that. You know, I know that in the end I have to be able to say everybody in this country is free because I'm free, you know, and that, you know, and, and, and in that moment, I'm happy with that. Uh, How did you respond to the police officer? Well, cautiously. He was a police officer. He had a gun. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't want to get arrested. I wanted to beat up. I didn't want to go to jail. You know, I just, he finished saying what he said. And I just, okay, okay. You know, because, you know, he was, he was insulting me. And I knew that. And my response to him could have been many things. But we all know that that's not necessarily going to work. Me, you know, me, go, you know, leaving there and said, this is what this officer said. Well, number one, that would never work because it's my word against his. But number two, it would it put me in all kinds of jeopardy. And I understood that at the time, which is why I was telling the story, you know. So you, the decision to leave your job. Yeah. Did or did not have anything to do with racism? Uh, the reason leaving my job had to do with a McCarthyistic like institution was trying to control my life, saying, either you have free speech or you have the right to pursue happiness, but you cannot have both. And I said, man, I'm not dealing with that. And of course, I'm in a lucky position and for a lot of reasons. I could leave the job. I could, you know, I have money and I could, and I'm going to make other money in other places. I didn't need them. Secondly, to write the op-ed piece, 
there are a lot of people, like there's a, uh, a young black woman, you know, a friend of a friend of mine, she was in a, a writer's room. She was talking to the head writer, a white woman. And she said to the head writer, the white woman, well, you know, as a black woman, I feel, and the, and the white head writer stopped her, put a hand on her forearm and said, as an African-American woman. She did not touch that woman's arm. Huh? Hey, African-American woman. She's corrected her. I really, honestly, the idea that I'm going to correct you to, as to what you call yourself. How do you not see that as absolute racism? Oh, listen, you know, I'm not denying that. It's just, you, you asked me why, you know, like what I'm doing, what I'm thinking about is that this woman can't all of a sudden say to the white woman, no, I'm a black woman and you have to respect that. She can. No, no, <laughs> she no. She should be able to. She can and she should. But if she did, that's the first step toward losing her job, toward losing her future. And she's more worried about paying her rent, paying for because her children. Because racism. Well, well, but but listen, they do it to white people too. I mean, like I, I'm just like there's there are all kinds of people who get into all kinds of trouble for you know saying and doing things that become uh, like for instance, if you walk in and a woman is wearing a, a sweater with an elephant on the shoulder, and you say, "Wow, that's an elephant on your shoulder." Depending on where you are, you can get in a lot of trouble for that. I know of a friend of mine was was talking to me about a, a guy who's a guard at, at you know this big nonprofit. He's walking down the street, and one of the people who usually walks in is sitting in a window, and he looks at her and he says, "Oh, there you are in the window." He he lost two weeks' pay and had to go through reeducation because she interpreted what he said as you're putting yourself on sale. You know, which, I mean, he didn't say, he says, you're sitting in the window. But, you know, there, you, like, it, that can happen, it and happens to so many people in so many ways. For me to try to say, well, it only happens to black people, I know that's not true, you know. This sounds very both sides to me. This sounds very, uh-huh. you know, it, that's what you're saying. Listen, I'm talking about a thing. Like, when a person says, you can't say a word, I don't care what that word is. That's a problem. That's what I wrote the thing about, and that's what I'm talking about. You know, I'm, I, I belong to a union. There's all kinds of people, men and women and black people and Asian people and white people. And, you know, for a long time, there was only white people in it. But that's not true anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it still needs a lot of, you know, reparations when we talk about reparations. But still, a lot, you know, I'm, I'm, I was in the two rooms I've been in have been mostly people of color. So the takeaway here is that people should be able to say what they want to say. People should be able, people should be able to use language. Now, Again, I'm I'm still saying I'm not, I'm not saying that people should uh, harass people or bully people or humiliate people. Th- those are different kinds of things. If I if I'm specifically attacking you, and like in this conversation, then you know, well, in this conversation, be okay because it's radio. But in in like if we're at work, that would be a problem, and somebody needs to deal with it. But. Dealing with it is not having like a big brother-like organization calling me up and telling me what happens. They should just say, listen, you guys should get together and talk about this because there seems to be a problem. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and even there, it doesn't happen. Again, that's not an issue of race. It's an issue of like there are people like McCarthy who, you know, was against everybody, you know, who he he could get the slightest little hint of, of socialism out of, you know, like I'm saying, no, you can't do that to me. You can't do that to my people. And and my people are all kinds of people. Certainly there's race and racism involved. Certainly if I was a white person, I could not have written that op-ed piece. But in a way, I'm speaking for a lot of black people. A lot of black people are getting in touch with me. They're telling me, listen, this happened to me and that happened to me and I did this and they did that. Also people who are gay, uh, uh, people who like people who are 
anything that's kind of outside the norm, you know, of white male America. And I understand that. So there's not, I, I'm not trying to say to you that race, you know, doesn't play an aspect of this, but I'm also saying there are other parts to it that I'm not, you know, because I have to be willing to say, okay, that guy said this, you know, what do you think about that? And I say, I can say, I don't like what he said, but I don't feel that he was, you know, in any way doing it wrong. Just like this woman, you know, like in, in at the LA uh, USD, just saying, oh, I'm so happy to see you boys. She should have said young men. And I'm sure after that, she always did. But, you know, I don't think that the guy next to me should try to kill her, you know, especially for him. Because if he killed her, he'd be in prison for the rest of his life, you know. And I think that we need to be able to control and to understand what we say, how we say, but not let anybody else do that to us. You said earlier that the N-word is worse. You think oh my the N-word God. is worse. To say, Talk and, about that. Well, it, somebody's coming up to saying, because the guy called me, he goes, you know, I, I listen, I don't know if he's a white guy. He sounded like it, but he might not have been. Uh, he said to me, he said, uh, Mr. Mosley, we hear that you use the N-word. And I'm like, the N-word is worse than calling somebody a nigger, man. You know, the N-word is like, that, that makes it okay for you to say. N-word, 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 N-word. I mean, it's like, it's not bad. You can say it as much as you want, you know? And, and the other words, the C-word, you know, all the Which F is word. why they use it. Right, exactly. And But listen, a lot of black people use it. A lot of black people say the N-word. And I'm like, man, so you just made it accessible. Like, because, you know. But it's not the same thing. It's, it, it doesn't have the same. It, it, it's referring to that word. Right, and it's referring where, and it, to but, a word is not you, the same as saying word. But if you use the word, it has power. And you might, like, every time every time I say it in all of these conversations, I get a little upset. I go, oh, my God, I just said that, you know. But I'm saying it because it's important for me to get across the meaning of what I'm saying. If, like, they, like and for instance, the Times are saying, well, the first time, because, you know, really, when I wrote this piece, the title I said is The Nigger in the Room, right? Mm -hmm. They said, well, what if we say the N-word in the room? And I said, no, you can't say that because it's absolutely against what I'm saying. You know. So you just said that every time you say the word, it upsets you a little. Oh, yeah. Why? Because because of everything that you said before. I don't disagree with you. I, I understand there's a whole history of the use of the word, which has been used to oppress me and mine. I get that, you know? And so when I say it, but when I also, when I sit in the room and I say, I'm telling a story that is my experience in the world, mine, you know, at Walter Mosley's, then... I had to use the word in order to get the idea across of how powerful what happened happened. If I said, the policeman said, when I see an N-word in a P neighborhood or a P in a N-word neighborhood, you know, that's like, you know, all of a sudden, oh, it's accessible, it's easy, it doesn't bother anybody, it's fine. But it isn't accessible. It's not easy. It should bother people. And that's why I said it. You know, it should bother you. But just because you get uncomfortable because I say something like, you know, we shall be free, that don't mean nothing. I, ca I can still say it, you know, and you saying things back to me, depending on, you know, who you are, you know, what, what you know, cause, I mean, it could be women saying it could be, you know, people who are gay or transgender or whatever, you know, hey, listen, I get it, you know, and the more we talk, the closer we become, the less we talk, the more we're isolated from each other. That's Walter Mosley. His latest book, Trouble Is What I Do, is out now. Alec Hamilton, Christina DeJosa, and Joanna Solitaroff produced this episode. 
with editing by Anna Holmes and Jenny Lawton. Our technical director is Joe Plord, and the music is by Isaac Jones. Special thanks to Jennifer Sanchez. I'm Rebecca Carroll. Follow me on Twitter at Rebel19 for all things come through. And if you like the show, please go ahead and rate and review us. Until next time.